So in the glorious days of like late night cable, and like when cable was like trying to compete with the three big channels, what were they in the old school days of television? The three bigs were NBC, ABC, and CBS. And then you had all these cable channels crop up like Skinamax and Showtime and HBO. And then like a slew of basic cable channels, including like USA. And they had this show that ran for like nine years from 89 to like 98. And uh, Rhonda Shear was the main host, but Gilbert Godfrey, who we, the comedian we just lost recently, was one of the hosts, which will tie into our headlines later. We'll bring it up, folks. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit, address that, address the passing a little bit. But I don't even know what you call these shows, because essentially a host would come on, introduce a movie, and then, uh, then you would watch the movie, right? And then they would do like sketches in between, at least on Up All Night. But there's other ones. There's like Elvira did one. Or she well, showed they, four movies. Well, that and, goes back to the fifties, though. I mean, there's been. Oh yeah, it was mostly with horror but, movie hosts, but Up All Night was kind of like for the college crowd, I think. But I don't even know. I don't even know what you call this type of show because it's great. Like, uh, there was dinner in a movie, which I think was on TBS. Oh yeah, I remember. And that. and then there's Turner Classic Movie Night, and like I think at one point they had Leonard Maltin doing it for Disney movies, but it's like. I don't even know what do you call like you can't call it an anthology because it's not a series of short movies combined into one movie, and it's like it's like a movie a showcase. Movie showcase? Do they call this? Is that what they call? It? They call it a showcase I mean, show? Like that's I mean, essentially because and that's I the mean, perfect the, the, show. The movie, the movie is the is the main attraction. But you're right; they'd have like little skits or effectoids in between. Um, but if we weren't doing a movie podcast, like that would be the perfect job. It's like you go to like a guidance counselor. What's your job? Well, all I really like to do is watch movies. So is there a place where I could like tell you about a movie, then you watch the movie, and then I say goodnight and I get paid? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would be that like that would be the you know, well, that would be it. Well, That'd be killer. It's mostly with a horror, like I said, horror hosts. In fact, I saw a documentary, like there was like dozens and dozens of these horror hosts, like through but they were all like different ones that were local. Like I think Philadelphia had one like Svenguli and like that's that's like goes back all the way to the beginning of TV, basically. Like this type mm. has been around. Well, I mean, supposedly they reviewed like over nine hundred movies, which in nine years, like maybe they did. I don't know because it was on like three days a week. Um, oh, yeah. but Jordan, if you talk about like you have a list of movies you have to get to, like oh my oh camera's my doing a weird thing. I don't know why <laughs> my camera's going out of focus. I'm right here, camera. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm like not in focus. Am I in focus? No, I'm not. Anyway, a little blurry. Well, this thing has like an autofocus, but I guess it doesn't like my range of movement that I'm using tonight because I'm super excited. But <laughs> so funny. Some of my favorite movies are on this freaking show. Um, it's like how I, maybe how the first time I saw this uh, '80s romance comedy called Camp on Me Love. It's how I saw a B horror movie called Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town. How I saw a Chud and Shopping Mall. And there's a good movie, actually, like an Oscar or the movie, like The World According to, I think it's something Garp, that, that had Ron Williams in it. And then like other movies that are just like comedies, throwaways, like there's Nine of the Creeps, How I Saw the Toxic Avenger movies, Ski School, How I Saw Freaking Footloose for the first time might be contributed to the show, How I Know About the Last Dragon, which is like a, a Bruce Lee spinoff or whatever, but it's like... That guy's like a you know, like a black kung fu dude, and that's like a Bruce straight, Leroy. like 
Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Yeah, it's the character. And then, like, how I saw the Pee Wee movies, Critters 1 and 2, like, most of the Friday 13th. Like, so I didn't, and even movies that Dave likes that I don't even, like, he likes joysticks. And this movie called, like, The Girls of the Slime Bowl, Bolorama. And, like, yeah. there's movies we covered on the podcast that I may have seen and put on the podcast because of this. Having stayed up all night with USA, you know what I mean, and like what, and I'm like, and I saw this in reruns because obviously, like, we're too little to see it, like while it's airing, but like old school USA, like what? Ha- the only reason this went off the air was because they did one of those like hostile takeovers or whatever. Like the new executive was like, oh, we're gonna revamp the entire USA network, which is that's also funny because we're gonna talk about like the takeover at, at HBO, which is going through like the same thing, like where they just dump everything on the slate and and redo everything, but. Anyway, I mean, did I miss any other shows like Jordan or Dave? Can you think of another showcase type thing that like you've watched like Sunday night at the movies or something? I mean, you just covered so much. You just oh, listed no. like well, 20 movies, but I love, <laughs> I love bringing up Elvira because she's just like, she's just oh, so right. funny. Her yeah. and, and her like history is just really interesting. She's influenced so much. I'm just, I'm a huge fan. I think she's hilarious. Listen she to her put out a book, I think, didn't she? Didn't she put out yeah. a book recently? That's actually like, what I was just mentioning. I just listened to that. Um, she she narrates it. She narrates the version on Audible. It's actually really well worth the read, or rather listen. Um, oh, well, you're saying ones we forgot. I mean, we kind of, um, aside from Elvira, the other big touchstone, which was um, Joe Bob Briggs, like the uh, monster. Oh yeah, movie. yeah, that's right. And he does that yeah. now on um, Shutter. He does a version of it. Like, uh, it's called like the driving, yeah. yeah. Which is basically uh, just the new version of Monster Vision, but that he was a big one. Like that's where I saw things like he he would mostly do horror movies, but he'd go off the wall and do things like hairspray or like I think that's where I saw that for the first time. He'd do different ones. So before we get too deep into tonight's episode and get excited, let's tell you about who brought you this episode. This episode is brought to you by Experts Exchange, the original technology community. If you're in IT, listen up. This might literally be the answer to all your problems. I know I'm not the only one who's stuck in a problem at work. We've all been there. We all do the same thing when it happens. We Google, or some of us use DuckDuckGo. And we all end up finding a guy in a random forum who posted an answer to our question 10 years ago. And then we just have to trust that he's right. If you trust the wrong person, he could be putting your organization and yourself at risk. What if there was a group of people you knew that you could trust? That's Expert Exchange, or EE, as they like to say. EE is a community of thousands of tech professionals who have been helping each other solve problems for 25 years. Many of the members are highly accomplished with titles like Microsoft MVP and Oracle Ace, just to name a few. But you don't have to be an expert to be on EE. You just have to be willing to help. No one can be an expert in everything. That's why you need to surround yourself with people you can trust. Right now, listeners to the podcast can join EE completely free for seven days. Just go to e-e.com to get started. That's e-e.com and let them know that Binge Watchers sent you. And right after our beautiful, beautiful theme song, we'll be back with some home video headlines. What's new in movies and TV? We'll be right back. Maybe. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast.
Okay, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we lost comedian Gilbert Godfrey. When I think about him, besides mentioning him on USA Up All Night as one of the hosts, he's pretty iconic. He played a social worker and problem child. And also, if you go back a few months, we, we covered Highway to Hell, where he cameoed as Hitler stuck in hell, which is pretty funny. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, let's see. He's like, a, the reason I called him an icon is because Literally, he was. I mean, he's been in comedy like what 25, 30 years, maybe longer, close to 40 or 50. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just if he was just the voice of uh Iago on Dis or on Aladdin, that probably would have been enough for most people. I'm yeah, that's enough street credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, you mentioned the problem child movies, I think those were like the first things I really remember him in because you know I was the right age for those movies when they came out. Um, he was a big part of that. <laughs> It's hard to do an impression of him because he also has an iconic voice, which is like raspy and high pitched and annoying all at the same time, right? So it's like uh, it's almost—I don't know if anybody can duplicate his voice. No, I—I I mean, not without hurting your throat. Um, he kind of had like—I mean, he's always been a stand-up comedian, but he kind of had like a resurgence in the two thousands as a dirty stand-up comedian because of you know he used to be on the. The Comedy Central roasts, like he did a legendary version of the Aristocrats that is still like talked about to this yeah. day. Yeah, and in real life, he's like a sweet little old man that had like later in life children, right? Yeah. Like he leaves behind like a twelve year old and a fourteen year old. Uh, he has a son and a daughter, but and his wife said she was attracted to his oddballness, like his oddness. But yeah, his jokes are filthy. Like he's one of the filthiest comedians that you know probably ever strutted through the comedy club. But in real life, he seems generally soft spoken and polite. Um, I never met this guy. I never even, I never been to his shows. I never encountered him or anything. It just, I mostly know him from movies and TV, obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, he also did a lot of voice work. Actually, one of my favorite, thinking about him now, there um, there's a very short-lived uh, Clerks cartoon. Uh, and he had a role in it as Patrick Swayze, but with his voice. So it was just. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> as yeah, if Patrick yeah. Swayze was Gilbert Godfrey. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um. We can move on to the next headline, I guess, unless you guys want to add anything else to the Godfrey talk. But all right, Jordan's giving me the signal. She's, she's keeping us on track because we've been over time. Yeah, she's going to keep this trainer rolling. All right. So, if you've seen the stoner bear, teddy bear movies called Ted with Mark Wahlberg and Seth MacFarlane doing the voice of the teddy bear who comes to life, the magical teddy bear, um, they're going to do a Ted TV show that's, I guess, been picked up by Peacock. And here's the thing. It basically has killed the Orville. Like, they just wrapped the next season, which is going to be on Hulu, but that's it. They're done. Like, all the, I mean, supposedly Seth MacFarlane and Scott Grimes, which are the two main stars of that show, they're going to bail on it to go do Ted. So Yeah, but I think there's been talk of that. Um, I, I mean, I've seen plenty of interviews with Seth MacFarlane going back a few years where he's like, I... The, the work on the Orville apparently is a lot more than he was able to bite off because of all the special effects involved and he wants to be hands-on. So I think he was kind of looking for an excuse to walk away from it at this point. I no. loved the movie, so I'll be down to watch it. So have you seen both Ted's? Have you um, seen- I think I've seen both of them. The first one, like definitely guys, I'm like an embarrassing crier. Like I will <laughs> cry at stupid commercials, but like when he gets ripped apart, I was, I also still like have a super embarrassing. I still have a stuffed animal that I sleep with. So it like got <laughs> me in the feels when he, his fluff was everywhere. So definitely Actually, watch it. 
I'll definitely watch it. Actually, the the song from the first movie was actually the song me and my wife danced to because it's a song about being somebody's best friend. So I have so a weird sweet. connection to that movie in my wedding, of all things. So, yeah, I'll definitely you, watch them, Ted. You played the song at your wedding? Yeah, it was a song me and my wife danced to. I can't wait to watch the movie again and pay attention to the first <laughs> song. So, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's um, so sweet. Well, like, so Ted one, it was just like introduce the bear, and then Ted two he was fighting for his rights to be a human. And they have so many great references, right? Obviously, like, you know, um, they got the guy that played Flash Gordon to show up as himself, Sam Jones, right? Because that's one of their favorite movies. But then he wants to name himself Clubber Lang. Like, that's what he wants his last name to be. And that's the villain's name in Rocky Three. So <laughs> it's definitely a binge watcher's delight, either of these movies. And also, I guess the stoner crowd, too, because it's your. Your midnight oh, fixer, yeah. you know, for your munchies. That's all what the movie's all about. They get really, really high. So Jordan said you can't remember the movies. Hey, you know, that's I don't probably why. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't think anybody remembers the movie except that it has a teddy bear in it. Hey, there is uh, a legendary uh, Liam Neeson cameo in number two. Oh yeah, you mean if I take these these Lucky Charms home? Oh, is it tricks? Is it tricks or Lucky I think Charms? It's tricks, yeah, because like, yeah, right. I was led to believe these are just for kids. But if I take it home, nobody's gonna come after me. Uh, no, you're you're gonna be fine. <laughs> now yeah, I gotta rewatch the second one here, like soon. So, oh dang, add it to the list. They're fun movies. Uh, and Discovery yeah. is still continuing their shakeup at HBO, which we kind of also mentioned at the top of the show because we were referring to what they did to USA that killed one of my favorite shows. But now, um, the Discovery chiefs are like ha- just hacking away at the HBO properties right now. So they actually fired. Um, the Wonder Woman director, Patty Jenkins, because she was she was slated to do like a part three. Right. And I guess they just ripped her contract in half. I don't know how that works, but that they're saying no, absolutely nothing to do with Wonder Woman 84 being absolutely awful. I mean, I don't know. Well, but at the time they said that brought a ton of subscribers to HBO Max. So I, how do you weigh it? You know, um, but they said it's mostly revolving around like the Superman properties. They don't feel like. HBO has handled like their superhero titles that they think are worth money very well. Um, really? Because I don't know. I kind of felt like they've been on a roll lately, actually. Well, I don't know. It's because... also like the last few things have been through the pandemic. So that feels like that's kind of like an asterisk. Like who knows how good, say, Suicide Squad could have been done business wise mm-hmm. had it not been during the pandemic and available on hbo for free at the same time i mean the batman just did really well i mean it just barely showed up today dave's like defending one group of executives over another he's like back off my hbo (laughs) well i but yeah but seriously like if things start changing you know that would be kind of not super fun because i like hbo max so well, I don't know if it affects uh, so far. I haven't heard anything about Discovery, like you know, changing their HBO originals that we're watching. Well, yeah, who knows? I, the way I, the made they make it sound is like they're just going to merge the two. They're going to be an entity, but all the content is going to be under one umbrella instead of two. Well, those ghost shows I was making front of that Zach Braggins or whatever his name is sounds like the name of a Hobbit, but he. Uh, <laughs> He got a new deal. He has a new HBO deal under his belt, so oh, nice. he'll be pulling ghosts out of your closet next, Dave. Hey, as uh, long as they don't uh, ruin Minx, bring it back for season two. Come on. No word yet. I know. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Matt Lillard. He came up with a decentralized movie studio with this vampire movie called Let Them Die. Him and his... 
I didn't write down the director's name that it's his buddy or whatever that's working on it with him. But so the concept of a decentralized movie studio, Dave doesn't have any faith in. We'll get into that in a second. Dave can explain himself. But so Kevin Smith is even doing this. Like his movie Kilroy is going to be released as an NFT where you're essentially buying like percentages of the movie itself because like the NFT is like a non-fungible token or whatever they say. It's like basically like a, like a Bitcoin, like cryptocurrency or something where you're buying like, it, it reminds me of like buying stocks, even though they call it something differently. It feels like exactly the same. So, and, and, but then it's like how many pieces of a movie are there available? I like an infinite number or is it limited to like 2000 fans or a hundred thousand fans? Like how many people can get the movie tickets or movie tokens? I guess it may be up in the air. I don't know how they're going to structure it, but um, listen, there's talk of podcasts going to NFTs too. So, and uh, we're, I, it's too early to say, but we're kind of involved in something that might be like a podcast NFT. Like there's, I've gone to some meetings about something happening in the future. So um, who knows, but Dave, Let's talk about your non-belief in the NFT world <laughs> and like the the Bitcoin. Well, because well, because my, my loose understanding of it is is like so. Say I create a, a a piece of macaroni art and I say I sell that and only one person gets access to that. I, I don't know, like the way you're describing it now is. I mean, I guess you got to buy into it to get, be able to view it or whatever. But I don't know. It just feels like closing off art to only a select few is is kind of like antithesis of, you know, what you want. You want to get art to the masses, but this just seems like only a, f- a solid uh, select few who can afford it or whatever. I mean, I know that's like saying, oh, well, that's, you have to be able to go to, you have to pay to go to the movie theater, but like at some point, you know, it escapes to the, to the masses. I I don't know. Um, well, the way the articles are describing, that... the way the articles are describing Matt Lillard's idea was, like a way to bring back indie films who are that aren't getting financed at all through traditional forms or not traditional forms and have you know corporate intrusion and like commitments you know so but but how's that i mean how's that any is so are they saying the nfts are going to fund these projects or like i don't I don't know. I don't quite understand it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's how they're going to fund the movie. I mean, because and... that the the whole thing about independent movies is almost kind of a a, a bunk dis, uh, discussion because there are plenty of movies like that go scour through Netflix. Netflix originals, not just the the new popular stuff. There's plenty of '90s style independent movies are being made. right. But I think what you told me like, was that NFTs are a fad and they're going to disappear. Where well, I thought. I thought like I think I think cryptocurrency and NFTs are like the grandfathers of like what's going to be like the universal credits like when humanity is like we're science fictioning right we're Futurama in Jordan like that humanity is either going to destroy itself or get to a point where there's like a common thread here where all our money is the same and we're just transferring like electronic credits like the science fiction movies describe like hey it's a thousand credits for your your Coca-Cola there, John. Okay, here's a transfer of 1,000 credits. I need the Coca-Cola, you know? Something like that. It's going to be crazy. We'll yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Mm. Jordan, do you want to live long enough to transfer your consciousness into a robot? <laughs> wow, that is a heavy question for podcasting. Moving on. Okay, well, let's get to tonight's movie. It's The Curse <laughs> from 2021. Uh, 
It has the wrong century because they, they referenced the, something else and they listed the century wrong. Anyway, in 19th century France, a man arrives in a remote country village to investigate an attack by a wild animal. See, I'm committed to the joke now. I'm just going to keep moving forward, Jordan. I'm not going to go back and let you finish. All right. However, he... Movie. Yeah. So he discovers that a much deeper and sinister force has the manor and the townspeople in its grip starring Boyd Holbrook and Kelly Riley. Now, Boyd Holbrook, you might know from The Predator, which came out in 2018. He's also featured in a show called Narcos, and he's also the new fugitive on the remake of The Fugitive Show that might be on Roku. I'm not sure who's producing that thing. But um, And Kelly Riley, she plays one of the most popular characters on the Yellowstone show. She plays Beth Dutton, which is like one of the most popular things on TV right now, especially for classic viewers, people that don't like on-demand streaming. They're like, ah, I just got to go click the button, go to Yellowstone when it airs. Um. Oh, I forgot to mention, Boyd's actually going to appear appear on the Netflix show The Sandman, which is based on a pretty popular uh, Neil Gaiman comic book. But anyway, people may not like him from the New Predator because it's a mi- the audience is split on whether they like the New Predator. But um, I'm taking up all the airtime, so David, if you got some dangerous facts, we're 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 there. Yeah, the, this was another one of those scouring situations. Um, yeah, but- you know what's funny? I can read your list and know whether or not you're excited or happy even because no, the way you has- write the list. This, this has nothing to do with excitement, but the fact yeah. of the matter is, is this movie so new, there's like no, there was no interviews done for the movie. There was like nothing. Like I was like, all right, well, let's see what we can find. <laughs> I tried. Uh, actually, but coincidentally, this is actually the second werewolf movie to me named Cursed. Uh, of course, as we've talked before in 2004, Cursed without the the with right, but this is the cursed. This is not to be confused with cursed. Yeah, Um, which coincidentally that had its own cursed production. Um, The director of this, uh, Sean Ellis, was actually nominated for an Academy Award for his short Cashback in 2005, which he turned into a full length movie that next year. Um, This movie makes reference to the Beast of. I'm going to screw this up. It makes Jevedon. Jevedon, uh, which yeah. was a real life a series of real life attacks by a mad eating animal or animals um, in the former providence of Gevedon between 1764 and 1767. And this is actually not the only movie that's actually dealt with that event of the 2002 movie uh, or 2001 movie Brotherhood of the Wolf was based around that event as well. And the search to find the animals killing everybody. Um and I mean, might be in a new like golden age of uh, werewolf movies because it feels this is the third major werewolf movie to come out within the last three years. So it feels like. Can we br- briefly touch on the beast of Jevedon? Go for it. You have some more. You have your own facts. No, just just the theory. Like, um, like you were saying, like, what is the beast? Well, there's mass hysteria, so they started attributing it to a supernatural beast. But the theory that I like is that there was a a merchant sailor, fur trapper, or something, and he. Uh, brought an exotic animal to France, which shouldn't naturally occur there. Like the hyena theory is my is like my favorite theory of what what the creature was. And if you look at some of the drawings that people made, it's very it's more hyena like than wolf like. So, anyway, hmm. I just I wanted to share that trivia that like it might be attributed to somebody that like imported an animal that shouldn't be there. And then what happens when you take an animal that is not supported by the environment? It it raises hell. You know, it's like the wild pigs in Texas and. Georgia and stuff like you guys know there's like two million wild pigs that are like just running amok in the wild 
It's crazy. Eating everything. And or like actually, pythons in Florida or like yeah. lion fish. So they, they employ people to go out and kill these pigs because there's, there's too many. And if they keep if they keep breeding, they'll like destroy the environment for all, all the wild animals in the Midwest or something. Something crazy like that. So that reminds me, there's like in, in um, Colombia, Pablo Escobar, I want to, don't quote me on this, it might be like hippos. Like he brought some exotic exotic animal. In There's too Columbia. many hippos. <laughs> Columbia, or I, I could have it wrong, but he brought like a, a, a species that doesn't belong in Colombia, and it's just like overtaken the country, all yeah. because of Pablo Escobar. Well, and he was That's all funny. about his like exotic animals, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And murder. I was actually watching Blow for the first time the other day too. Such a great, such a great movie. Is that is that shameful? (laughs) Add it to the list. Yeah, stay tuned because we'll be well. Our segment's coming up called Savage Shame, so keep listening. We'll get there eventually. Just my last thing I'll say about Blow, real quick. My favorite thing about that movie is one angle of that movie is at the end of the movie, uh, Penelope Cruz and Johnny Depp have the same exact haircut. Oh, uh, so thanks funny. for giving us trivia about Blow, which is not tonight's movie, Dave. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't finished the last bit, so I'll keep my oh, eyes okay, out. Okay, so you haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's such so a great funny. movie. Oh, so good. All right. Pee-wee's in that movie, too. So. Um, all right. Favorite bits. Jordan, you got some favorite bits from this. Man, this kind of set the bar high for me. Um, mm. There's a lot that I liked about it. I liked the, like, how, you know, the mythology behind the storyline of the movie. I liked the transformation with Anne-Marie. Mm. Like, when she's kind of being taken over by, I guess, the scarecrow morphing her into the werewolf. I don't know if that's how the, the actual transformation went. But mainly once they hunt her down and then she's like, coming out of the body i thought mm. that whole like mm. the uh, the effects of that was pretty so this good. is like jordan's talking about like the second or third kill in the movie it's like a peasant farmer woman who's working the fields and then her buddies disappear and she gets taken and then it's like is she it her husband it? that's looking for her later maybe it's like her relative right uh, I think that's like, isn't that the main little boy's father, right? But like, no, no, knew... it was somebody that knew the lady when yeah, they have the knew... autopsy. Yeah, and he had known her like since she was a, a like a little person, right? And right, so... but the the landowner, oh, her boss, it's her landowner, her surf master, yeah. or whatever, like the guy who's who's in charge of her, like he had to make a decision anyway. Yeah, um, well, that whole transformation, like they're doing the autopsy of the werewolf, and like. I don't know. It was, yeah, that was pretty cool. There's, I could go on and, and talk about more favorite bits, but I got to leave some of that up to you guys too. Dave, what was your favorite? Um, actually, the one you just mentioned was one of them, but uh, the other was in the very, towards the very beginning, the actually the creation of the, um, the scarecrow. This is the second time I've seen this movie and it hits just as hard the second time as the first when they're chopping off limbs or throwing. I mean, it's just, it's very, this Rabbit. movie has very gothic feel, a uh, very gothic feel to it, and very creepy. Um, the other, the other bit that I really, wa- again, watching it the second time is there's a the scene where they're explaining what the curse is about, you know, because um, they they put a curse on the land that's going to affect them for generations, and the guy just has like, oh, how can they do this to me and my innocent family? I'm like, hold on, well now wait a minute, guys, you did destroy an entire group of you know gypsies, so like, don't act like you mm. didn't have it coming to you. Um, yeah, how they make a human scarecrow is freaky. Oh yeah, God! It, 
this there's images. I mean, uh, there's images in this movie, including the one Jordan mentioned, that are nightmare fuel. I mean, there's you know stuff that I will not forget from this movie. It's just. Mm. Well, the, what what I like is like they kind of change the mythology, but in a good way. Like they actually set a precedence for why silver has any effect on the werewolves at all, because mm-hmm. it also it creates. Spoiler alert: the silver creates the curse and stops the curse. You know, one after the other. But so in the beginning, like the a pair of silver teeth that start the curse. Like they possess a teenage boy. He puts him in his mouth. He bites one of the supporting characters' children like immediately, and like it's not just like a graze on his neck and, and or or like you think that the movie's going to like cut away to another scene. No, it shows you start to rip the kid's throat open. Okay, we're watching a horrible movie. And then like literally every murder is like progressively worse. Like and then that teenage boy is no longer possessed and then the creature that the other boy turns into is chasing him through the woods and then they're like, "Oh, clearly we're not going to see the body cuz it's it's ravaged." No, they show you the body at one point. <laughs> you know what I mean? So as Jordan said, there's a lot to love, even if it's terrible stuff. Like the movie's like loaded with things. But I agree about the autopsy. I love this. There's like a little sack inside this werewolf that your human body lives in. And the girl comes out like half possessed, and so they gotta just mm. execute her. But later on they're trying to figure out how does the science work of this, because they're still trying to save the little boy who disappears in the beginning after getting bitten by the t- the teenager who's possessed. And then, like, you know, the curse makes its way through all the people that's in their family or whatever. And I don't know what a pathologist is. Like, I think this is made up. Like, I don't think a pathologist does the things that the guy does in the movie. He's just, like, some guy who's got some skills as a soldier but also investigates weird things that happen. And he shows up, and then Dave was tying in the Beast of Jevedon because he supposedly just got back from doing a report on how the Beast wrecked that other place. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to go deal with this werewolf situation. And, uh... They really don't – I mean, I don't know how they put it together that they should be making silver bullets. But at one point, he's like, dude, you got to make me some silver bullets. I got to take, take care of the business at the farmhouse or whatever. You know, It's also gnarly when the dad lights himself on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, why would you do it that way? Like, Why don't you just take a pistol to the head or something or a sword to the, to the gut? Like, This is like – fire is the worst, man. There was not a boring moment. Like, it, The movie no. was – kind of long but it was like well paced out with all of like the horrific scenes so i was okay i, I won't like, ruin the end I've, I've definitely spoiled a couple things but yeah not anyway. the real spoilers so. uh i can guess the ratings but you know we'll give everybody a fair chance to rate it jordan go ahead and rate this movie oh binge now like binge always i'm gonna watch this definitely again so super excited about it davy yeah, this is a binge now. This is actually the second time I've seen it within a month, and it's uh, it's packs a punch the second time just as much as it did the first. Well, as much as I say that I love vampire movies, and that might be true, like I got a real soft spot for these werewolf movies. I don't think I've ever seen a bad werewolf movie. I know they exist, but even the bad ones I like. So, uh, yeah, it's a binge now, and I'm predicting that this whole run of werewolf movies that we're going to do, I think I'm going to binge now all of them. So it's like... It'll be real funny when the ratings are all universally good. <laughs> Usually our audience loves the drama, like, oh, why'd you put that movie? It sucks. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they like the werewolf movies that we pick. Um, you know what? So now we arrived at the Savage Shame Viewing with Jordan Savage. Yeah. Uh, classic movie you may have just caught up to. What is it this week? I just did that name drop. I, I, it's yeah. with Blow. Um, that mm-hmm. was one of them. Um 
just making my way through it still. So, but it's it's really good. But Look. how do you not give Johnny the Oscar for that one? Nominated, not he doesn't get it though. Yeah, that's a good question. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, so um, that's gonna be my my uh, pick for the week. But I binged a lot this week, just hmm. in general. Yeah, so we'll get there. We'll get the staff picks. You're jumping oh, ahead a little oh, bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she wants to go right into it. Okay, fine. No, no. Go ahead. No. Control oh, the mic. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, staff picks. Um, yeah, I watched some Marvel stuff uh, that I hadn't seen before for the first time this week. I watched Spider-Man. Uh, what is it? The, what's what's the one where you get the three Peter Parkers? Oh, no way home. Yeah. Yep. Or, no, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And I watched... Uh, Thor Ragnarok for the first time too, which That's I a really good one. liked. Yeah, so I hadn't like seen the other two Thors yet, and I feel like I watched the best one, maybe. But I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah. What about you, Dave? Did you watch uh, anything outside of this movie? Yeah, I've watched a few things. Um, probably the best thing I've seen this week, beside uh, the Cursed again, was um, this horror movie called um, Spring came out i don't know five six years ago um it's hard to describe this movie without giving it away but i will say it's uh with without giving away what what it actually is it's it feels like a very 90s independent movie like um something like before sunrise or before sunset like a walking talking in a beautiful location romantic movie but also a horror movie naturally fitting into it um <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying not to give too much weight because it, it, it there it could be a spoiler for those who haven't seen it, but it is. I'll, I'll guess I'll just say it's kind of a creature feature as well. Um, you know, without telling you what kind of creature, but um, like I said, it's it's just it's a weird fusion of like the independent romance with movie with a horror movie, and yet it works really well together. Um, so I saw that on Hulu. So if anybody wants like a different type of horror movie, hmm. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. We'll come back to my staff pick because I forgot to give uh, another brand message. So if you're looking for the after party for podcasters, it's actually on the Stereo app. It has thousands of live social conversations with a wide range of genres for every interest, including news, comedy, sports, or more. You choose whether you want to be a co-host, participate as a guest, or simply listen to exclusive conversations. You can hop on there. You can join our show by going to Stereo.com forward slash Johnny Spoiler. We do like Q&As. We talk about our recent podcast episodes. If our movie list, like Jordan's, is too long, we'll be on there. Dave likes to call it Binge Watchers After Dark, where we're basically <laughs> getting thrashed and talking about midnight movies. It's definitely more of a raw show. It doesn't have any theme songs or advertising. It's just literally talk to us on Stereo at Stereo.com forward slash Johnny Spoiler. Tell us about your favorite werewolf movies. We'll be back on there. We're usually there on there like once a month. We'll try to do these uh, Q&A after party things. So again, go to Stereo.com forward slash Johnny Spoiler. Now back to the show already in progress. If you stuck it out this long, you've probably listened to the whole podcast, which is nice. For the completionists that Dave likes to call people who watch every bad entry in a show, you call them completionists, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, if you're gonna watch a Police Academy one through three, I mean, you're gonna go four through seven. I mean, well, I I crammed some great shows in over the weekend. Roku is like getting into deep waters with their originals. They adapted a '90s movie called Swimming with Sharks about a 
the movie's about like a a film producer that is really like abusive, but it's Frank Whaley, I think, plays his assistant. And I think mm-hmm. it's um Kevin Spacey is uh, Kevin Spacey, who's the executive, right? But so there's a confrontation in the movie, but the show is like completely different. There's like a young woman obsessed with a female executive, and it's um Kiernan Shipkin, I think is her last name, and she played Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix. And it's funny, I was gonna splice this picture together because like Jordan, you have a distinctive look and she has a distinctive look, and you guys have these powerful eyebrow arches. And I was like, if I put them together, you would see the comparison, but I didn't want to pick on you or tease you, so I didn't do that. But she's a anyway, but she's it's a compliment because she's like a really great actor. Like you better um, splice this. I like okay, I'll see splice this it. now. Yeah. I'll splice it. I'll, I'll do it at the next episode. I'll put it on here. I'll splice yes. it. I'll do it after the show too, at some point. But um, so and the girls I'm not saying Jordan's crazy, but the girl in the show is crazy. I, I, I got to make that clear. Disclaimer, like, <laughs> not Jordan, but the girl in the show. So she obsesses over the producer, and then, like, each episode, it gets, like, progressive worse, and, like, she does these things to, like, become, like, a higher... She starts as an intern, and then, like, next thing you know, like, they're at the beach house together. Like, and, like, and people are dying, obviously. Spoiler alert. But um, it's better than the movie. Like, so I, people should watch it. And, like, I usually don't tweet that stuff, but I was pretty quick after I watched like two episodes to be like, pay attention to this. And then I also saw Stephen Merchant, who like was one of the producers of the original office. And he's done like some comedies. Um, he has this new show called the outlaws and it's got Christopher Walken and a group of like newcomers who are supposed to be doing like community service. And then like you, it's labeled a dark comedy, but it's like really a drama and it's about like misunderstandings and people that like are caught up in this and they're trying to change their lives, but they can't because of circumstances. And it's better than I thought. Um, I was surprised the note that it ended on because they just did one season, six episodes, right? So you can, that's on Prime, but it's good. Uh, and then there's this dumb movie with uh, Matt Lillard and what's the little guy? Seth Green and Dak Shepard are in a comedy called Without a Paddle. Jordan, do you know this movie? Love that movie. Yeah, so they go down the river because their other friend had died and left them a treasure map. And he's like, this was supposed to be a trip we were going to take. We're going to look for D.B. Cooper's lost treasure. There's actually a cameo by Burt Reynolds as a mountain man who's supposed to be a lost friend of D.B. Cooper. And he's just sit- sitting there like a hermit in a cabin. And then, like, he actually delivers a speech that's, like, pretty genuine. Like, he delivers a speech about life to these guys. And then, like, then it has a funny shootout with the bad guys. So it's, I, su- I was surprised. I watched it again, and like, I was like laughing a couple of times, like really laughing, like, like sincere laughter. I was like, I didn't remember this being that funny before, but you know, it's on Netflix right now, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I was telling Dave about it. I was like messaging Dave when I was watching. It. I was like, I don't even know why. It's like it's in my playlist. I got to play it. Uh, you know what? Who their who their friend is that's dead or whatever that leaves them the map? It's the guy who plays Homelander. In like a throwaway role, like before he was even like anybody. I'm pretty sure. Like he's seen in like one scene where he's driving away in a truck when they're like they grow up and they're graduating from college or whatever. It looked it looked like him. No, I could probably confirm that because I don't know if it's really him. I was gonna confirm it, but I didn't. Anyway, it looks like him. That'll maybe be a correction later if I'm wrong. Who knows? Uh we're doing werewolf movies like till the summer arrives, so we're going to watch this movie next week called Werewolves Within. Oh, Which, yeah. Want to give any previews, Dave, or just say nothing? No, watch it. I don't know where it's streaming right now, but 
find it watch it it's really good it's or a newer play, movie or play the video game i guess that it's based on which i oh uh, i wouldn't even bring up the game because like it's a departure from the game the game sucks but the movie's good well then it's still technically a video game movie and uh well this is i guess uh it's not a spoiler, but it's probably the best video game adaptation that I can think of off the top of my head. Hmm. Um, the only thing that might be better is the original Resident Evil, because I think that's still. I, I mean, it's, I mean, I like that movie, but I, I'd still say Werewolves Within is a better movie than that. I mean, it could be argued what's the better video game to movie adaptation. I don't know, but yeah, just my opinion. <laughs> We don't have another hour to discuss what is the best video game adaptation movie, dude. You don't need an hour. You don't need an hour? Wow. Hey, Jordan. Yeah. Zombies, werewolves, or ninjas? <sighs> Probably werewolves. Okay, so she just determined that the Werewolves Within is the best video game adaptation by picking <laughs> the category of monster, David. See, I get so much FOMO when it comes to the video games. I feel like I want to be a gamer so bad, but mm. yeah, I don't know. I just feel so left out. It's uh, It seems like a lot of fun. Well... I guess gamers have to plan their whole lives around the games they play, which that's unique. Because, oh, maybe I come to eat my words because then I'm like, do I plan my life around the movies that I watch? That's a better question. <laughs> like, But you know what I mean? Like, But then some gamers are like twitching for money. So maybe that makes sense. Like the money that they spent on their video games, they may earn back they one day back. on a live stream. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully they make it back. I don't know. Yeah. Dave, are you a gamer? Dave's probably you game, don't you? Um, no, I mean I, I own a game system and I play like maybe He's a closet gamer and I just called him out for it. He's gonna, he's gonna... <laughs> yeah, I play like one or two games a year, but I, I'm not what you would call a gamer. Like I'm not getting online playing Halo with people or anything you like that. Played the Friday the thirteenth game last year. I did play that for a while and, yeah. and there are the there are these like horror movie or these video games that feel like a horror movie that you're playing that I've enjoyed but mm. like I'm not into the shooter games or stuff like that. Mainly because I suck at them. So come back next week. Jordan will tell you about werewolves. I'm so excited for this month. Nice. <laughs>